Take your Bibles with me tonight, and if you would, please turn to the book of Titus. Titus chapter 2. Titus chapter 2 and verse 11. Titus chapter 2 and verse 11. I don't know about you, but I am old enough to remember home correspondence courses. <laughs> How many remember those? I mean, today we have online learning, and that's kind of normal today, isn't it? That's uh, really has gotten very popular for people and students, don't have to go to school. But there was a day in, when I was young where if you didn't go to school, the second best thing was to get a home correspondence course. And they would send you that course, and you would uh, build, you know, read the information, do the exercises, do the test, and then you would send it in and wait for the results. That was home correspondence. Well, sometimes I think about life and... When it comes to this life, the Christian life, there's some lessons that we can learn, but we'd have to learn as we go through life, and we have to experience. And today, I'd like to talk to you a little bit about God's correspondence course of grace, the grace of God. Paul said in, in our verses here, notice it says in verse 11, it says, for the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. And then that next phrase, notice what it says, teaching us. The grace of God teaches us. What does it teach us? That denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. God's grace, it's teaching us to live our life day to day in this present world in which we are in. Let me ask you this question. How are you progressing in the life study course of grace? How are you progressing? Are you passing all the tests? Are you getting a passing grade? Or would you say, oh boy, preacher, <laughs> I'm not doing too good. That last test, I failed it. I did not do well. You know, this thing called grace and this Christian life that we're living, I don't believe is going to be done until we get to heaven, until we see our Savior face to face. It's interesting that the Apostle Paul mentioned 83 times in his writings the word grace. So I think he knew something about grace. I think he had something to say. He mentioned it that many times. I think he knew something about God's grace. Uh, someone said, this is not original to me. I forget where I got it. I read it somewhere. Sometimes I like to keep track where my ideas come from, but I didn't this time. But someone said, what if Paul was to sit down and write a home study course of grace? The Book of Grace, Paul's Book of Grace. Maybe he would entitle it this, if not for the grace of God. Because, you know, that was kind of what, that was his theme, wasn't it? His theme 
was in his whole life, how can God use me? <laughs> how? After, after everything I've done, after everything I did, God, in his grace, uses me. Amazing. He was, he was amazed at the grace of God. Not only that, but he said in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 15, he said, I am the chief of sinners. I think he really believed that. I think he truly in his heart and his mind, he really believed he was the worst person to ever live, to ever receive Christ as his personal Savior. He believed that with all of his heart. And yet, God would have called him to be an apostle of Jesus Christ. What is grace? Grace is simply God's unmerited favor. All right? You say, what does that mean? Well, I like what someone said. They said this. It's receiving something better than I deserve. It's just, you know, if God's been good to you, it's better than you deserved. I didn't deserve it. Nothing good. I deserved, uh, you know, in my lost state, I deserved hell. But God saved me. And he gave me everlasting life. And so tonight, I just want to kind of keep on that theme of uh, the study course of life. I like to give three chapters, three chapters tonight in God's life study course of grace. Okay? Three simple chapters here. And number one, the first chapter is saving grace. The first chapter would be saving grace. Go with me to Romans chapter 5 and verse 12. Romans chapter 5 and verse 12. Notice what it says here in verse 12. Wherefore, as by one man's sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Our dear God and Heavenly Father, as we come to the topic of grace tonight, Lord, just help me uh, with the thoughts that I have here. Lord, help me to bring them out in a way that uh, give us an understanding of what the Bible says about grace and how much we have benefited from our Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord, we do pray tonight that you would bless the service, bless the teaching of your word. And Father, we pray that all things done tonight would bring glory and honor to your name. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So we see point number one, this saving grace, this grace for salvation. And we see here in chapter 12 that it says here that because of one man's sin. Now, of course, uh, this is a review of what the Bible has taught us about salvation. The first thing about salvation a person needs to know is what? That they are lost. 
Before you can get anyone to come to know Christ as Savior, you got to let them know and they have to understand the fact that they are lost and they are unable to do anything for their salvation. They cannot save themselves. They cannot work their way to heaven. There's no religious work. There's no religious thing to do. There's nothing we can do for our own salvation. We are totally lost and depraved and unable to save ourselves. That's the first lesson in salvation, that you have to realize you are lost, and we are lost because we are born of Adam. One man's sin. Who is that? That's Adam. Adam was created by God, and in the garden, Adam and Eve had a perfect place to live. They had uh, you know, one rule to follow, do not eat of that tree. All right, that was one rule. That was all there was. The rest, God said, multiply and have dominion. But they failed. And they broke that one rule. They ate of that fruit, of that tree. And because of that, sin was passed down to us. And because we are born and that sin has been passed down to all of us, we have received, we received death. All right, we will die physically. If Jesus tarries his coming, we will die physically. Not only that, but there's a spiritual death, isn't there, which is far greater than the physical death. The spiritual death is that we will be separated from God forever and ever and ever in the lake of fire. That's the spiritual death. But, and so that's what happened. And that sin, that, that fact that we are lost was can be traced all the way back to that one man, all right? Death by sin, and so death passed upon all men. But even though we were, you know, that we received that sin nature, we deserve the results of that because we have all sinned, all right? It's not just the fact that I have this sin nature, but we have all sinned. We have all done wrong. There is no one here that's perfect. There is no one here that can say, I lived a perfect life. I have followed all the commandments. I have done all the Ten Commandments. I can save myself. No, we cannot. We are lost because not only of the sin nature, but we have sinned. And so therefore, there is no hope for us other outside as we see here in verse 18. Therefore, as by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men to condemnation. But if it stopped there, that'd be a sad commentary. But praise the Lord. Notice what it says in the rest of the verse. Even so, by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. Who's he talking about? He's talking about Jesus. Amen. He's the one. He is. If we couldn't be sinless, if we were given a sin nature, then there had to be one who would come and provide salvation for us who was sinless and without the sin nature. Who was that? Jesus Christ the Lord. And he brought to us justification. He brought to us salvation because of the cross. Verse 19, for as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. 
So by the obedience of one, so shall many be made righteous. Praise the Lord. Every one of us who have trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, we have been made righteous through the blood of Jesus Christ. And many, many have been saved. And many are, you know, Jesus tarries is coming. Many more are going to get saved. And they're getting saved even today. And that's all because of the cross and the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we see that here. Notice it says in verse 20, Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. But where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. Where the law, where the law condemned us, that's the law, the Ten Commandments, the law of God, it condemned us, but it was the grace of God that saved us. All right, we are saved by the grace of God. And, you know, we think, oh, uh, you know, we think, oh, how many people are dying because of their sin. But think about the many people who are living, who are going to have eternal life because of salvation in Jesus Christ. And that's what he says there. Yeah, it's bad, but you know what? Our God is greater because grace abounds. Where sin is abounding, God's grace is abounding greater and farther than what sin can do. And we thank God for that, for what God has done through our salvation. And God is still abounding today. As I said already, people are still getting saved. People are still coming to know Jesus Christ as Savior. And they will, people will continue to be saved uh, as, as, as long as God deems and it's going to happen. So we th- are thankful for that. But you know, God is still forgiving sinners. Just like the Apostle Paul, just like you, just like me. Maybe you're here today, and you're a sinner, and you're not saved. You've never trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior. I would encourage you, experience the grace of God. Put your faith in that abounding grace, all right? Put your faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and understand and experience the wonderful gift of salvation that we have received. What a blessing to know Christ as your Savior. What a blessing for some of you that have been saved for years and years. Some of you were saved when you were children. What a blessing that is to, to have, you know, to have that salvation early that helped you and maybe it allowed you to bypass so much that this world wants you to experience. Never take for granted your salvation. Never take that for granted. And we can rejoice. And so the saving grace of God. Notice it says in verse 21, that as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. That's why grace is so great. That's why it's much greater because sin condemned us to death, but grace has given us life. And that life is eternal life. 
right? Eternal life. We are going to live forever and ever and ever and ever. We can't comprehend that. That is, that is so hard to imagine because we are confounded by time. But grace is not. And we are going to live with our Savior forever and ever. And what a blessing that is. That's the bounding grace of God. Uh, and have you experienced that? Do you have that? If you don't, experience that. Come to know Jesus Christ as your Savior. And then chapter 2. There's saving grace, and then there's sufficient grace. Grace for endurance. There's grace for salvation, and there's grace for endurance. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 7. 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 7. Notice it says, and lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Here we have sufficient grace for endurance. This was a time in Paul's life. He experienced many blessings of God. He was able to see the gospel uh, spread around the world, his, the known world, the Roman Empire, and into Europe as we know today. And he had as a part of that. He saw the power of God. He saw people getting saved. He saw God do miraculous things in his life. I mean, he just saw so much. And then we believe that he was able to be lifted up into heaven and saw some things in heaven that he could not mention. And because of all these wonders and all of these things that he experienced in his life, God says, to keep you humble, I'm going to give you a thorn in the flesh. Now, we don't know what that was. I can't tell you what it was. It was something, though. It was, it was grievous to him. It was a hardship to him. He suffered with that. And three times, the Bible says, he asked the Lord to take it away. God, would you remove this from me, whatever it was? And the Lord answered him, my grace is sufficient, a sufficient grace. And so he had to endure those hardships he was facing. Just like maybe some of you, maybe you're enduring some hardships today. You know, uh, something that's difficult. It's, it's hard. And, you know, 
God has, if you're going through something like that in your life, and you're facing something like that in your life right now, I want to encourage you tonight. You're not alone. You're not alone. Because God has not abandoned you. He has offered you grace. All right? And you can experience that sufficient grace to endure. And you say, well, why don't God take this away? I don't know. I can't answer that question. But I know this. God gives enduring grace. And if you find yourself in that position, you find yourself going through that, then there must be a reason. But I don't, but God doesn't always tell us the reason. But he gives us the grace, the grace to endure. I remember we had a friend that we had uh, good friends in St. Thomas, and we found out that uh, the, his wife, the, the, this couple, the wife, was dying of cancer. And we were close friends to them when we were in St. Thomas. Well, we happened to be down in southern Ontario, very close to the time of her passing. And we knew that, you know, they, you know, they were saying she doesn't have much time to live, and so we were there, and we wanted to go and see her. Just one last time. You know, it was hard. You know, we were not looking forward to that. My wife and I, we were kind of dreading that because that's hard. You know, they're going through it and then to experience and, and to say, oh, what do you say? You know, what can we do? And uh, But we wanted to go and see her, and, and we did, and they were the, the husband and wife were together. And we visited them for an hour or so. But you know what? What turned out to be hard was a blessing. We went to encourage her. I think she encouraged us. <laughs> you say, well, preacher, how, how did she do that? By her faith. Her faith. I mean, uh, that dear lady knew where she was going. I mean, she knew she was going to heaven. And she was looking forward, hey, I'm going to heaven to be with the Lord. And you know, for some of, for some of us, that's hard to understand, isn't it? Just uh, that type of faith. How, I don't know. I'll be honest with you. Would I, would, would I, in that situation, have that type of faith? I can't tell you that I would. I don't know. I hope I would. I hope I would. But she did. And where did that come from? I firmly believe it was the grace of God. It was God's grace in her life, his enduring grace that allowed her to have that faith and to hold on to that faith. And it wasn't just her, her husband also rejoicing in the fact that, you know, she had heaven to look forward to. And yes, it was hard for him and difficult, but they had a faith that sustained them. You know, God's grace in time of trial and suffering, it will give you strength. It will. So hold out. Stay faithful. Don't give up. His grace is sufficient. And then chapter 3, the last chapter here tonight, sustaining grace. There is a saving grace, there's a sufficient grace, and then there's number three, 
a sustaining grace. Turn with me to Song of Solomon. <laughs> we don't think about the Song of Solomon too much, but I do have a verse here from the Song of Solomon that uh, kind of brings out this idea of sustaining grace. Song of Solomon, chapter 2 and verse 15. Chapter 2, verse 15. Daily grace, uh, the sufficient grace for the daily grind. The daily grind. Notice it says, take us the foxes, the little foxes that spoil the vines, for our vines have tender grapes. Now what's, what is Solomon saying there about the foxes? He's talking about the little inconveniences of life. You know, sometimes, if we're not careful, we can kind of treat those very lightly. Well, that's just a little problem. Sometimes you come to somebody with a little problem, and they say, oh, that's nothing. <laughs> you ever said that to somebody that came to you with their problem? And you said, oh, that's nothing. I'll give you a problem. Listen to this. <laughs> you ever done that? But, you know, we shouldn't do that, should we? Because that little problem could be a big problem to them. It could be a real problem. Not because it's a big problem. I mean, not because it's so great and it's, you know, you need that sustaining power as we talked about. It's not like you're going to a, a deep, dark valley. But it could be a little problem that's been mounted up with a whole bunch of other little problems. You ever heard the term breaking the camel's back, the straw that broke the camel's back? Has that ever happened to you? The straw that broke the camel's back? Something small happened, and all of a sudden you, were, you just went into a rage <laughs> about something so small and so trite that you thought, wow, you think back, why did I ever get upset about that? Well, maybe because it was the building up of all those little problems, right? And, you know, what does that teach us? Don't let those problems build up because we tend to let them do because we think, well, they're small. They're just tiny problems, and I, that really doesn't need my time, and I really don't need to deal with that, and that's just a small thing. Don't do that. Deal with that. And, and we see here God's given us grace for the daily grind. God's given us grace. And we can handle those things in a way that we don't have to let them get built up. And to the point where we're going to uh, do something we're going to be sorry for later. Uh, the, so, uh, and sometimes those little problems can really get us discouraged. It, it, it can these little things, if we let them build up, they can really get us down. Don't let that happen. Because God's given us some grace. He's given us that grace. Down in Indiana, Fort Wayne, Indiana, they were building a brand new community center. Well, they, were going to, they had the date, they had it all built, and everything was ready to go. And they were ready to open it. But two, you know, two days 
before it opened, they said, well, we better check the HVAC system, the air conditioning, the heating, the ventilation, and we better make sure this thing worked. Well, they went and turned on the switch. <laughs> Nothing worked. What's going on here? Why isn't this working? They, they went and they began to investigate and they found out that a little squirrel had got in and chewed up all of those wires for that system. <laughs> Just a little squirrel, something small, but he got in there and started gnawing. <laughs> and you know, it, when it was all said and done, it was $300,000 of damage. Just a little squirrel. But you know what? That's like life sometimes. We deal with the big, you know, isn't it just, we deal with, oh, that's a big problem. I got to deal with that. I got to deal with these big problems. Let's don't forget to take care of the little foxes. Let's don't take, let's take care of the little inconveniences. Don't let them build up. Because God has given us that sustaining grace day by day that we can live our life in a way that brings glory and honor to our Lord. You see, don't let those little things short-circuit your happiness, right? Don't let it short-circuit your happiness. You say, what's making me unhappy? Well, it's this, it's that. Don't let those little things short-circuit that happiness God has for you. In conclusion tonight, thank God. This is, I didn't, this is my, this was written by Amy Carmichael, a missionary to India many years ago, dealing with some of the, um, the lowest of the people. Uh, she ministered to those people for many years. And she said this, thank God he does not measure grace out in teaspoons. <laughs> I like that, don't you? God's got a great big tablespoon of grace. Amen. <laughs> he hasn't got little teaspoons. He's got a great big table and he's given us large doses of grace. But we got to take it. We got to take, we got to make ourselves available to it and be blessed by that and let him work in our life. Second Peter chapter two, I'm sorry, second Peter chapter three, verse 18 says, but grow in grace, grow in grace. This thing, this life of grace, it's an ongoing learning. Maybe here today, how about, how are you doing? Are you living? Is the grace of God sustaining you? Are you being sustained by that or are you lacking? It's not on God's part, it's on our part. We have to take use of that grace that he gives us. Are you living by the grace of God or are you living in your own power? You're trying to do it yourself. Oh, I can take care of this situation myself. I can do... No, no, no. Let's rely on his grace that he gives us. Maybe here tonight, are you saved? Oh, I'm trying to get to heaven on my own merit. I'm trying to get to heaven on my own terms. That's not going to work. You need God's grace. That's the only way. By the blood of Jesus Christ, we are saved. That's the grace of God. Will you come for that redeeming grace? Let's bow our heads in prayer. Dear Lord and Heavenly Father, we thank you again. We thank you for this grace that we have, not only for salvation, but for endurance and for sustaining us in life. 
that we might live out your will on a day-to-day basis. So, Father, we are so grateful that we have this wonderful grace. Now, Lord, bless us tonight. Maybe there's one here that's not saved. They might come to know Christ. Maybe there's one living here, a Christian, a believer, who's trying to live this life on their own merit, trying to live in their own strength. Lord, maybe tonight they would realize they need to trust and rely on God's grace. And in the power of that grace, have victory. With your heads bowed and eyes closed, maybe God's speaking to your heart tonight. If he is, maybe you want to come for salvation, you're welcome to come. We'll have someone take a Bible and show you how to be saved. Maybe you're not living in that grace. You're trying to do it with your own power, Christian. You're trying to do it in your own strength. Maybe you just need to reside yourself, reserve yourself to say, you know what, from now on, from this day forward, I will live according to God's grace, not my strength. You have an opportunity here. You can come forward if you like. Let's all stand together. Have just a moment of invitation. God's speaking to your heart. Why don't you come? As you come to pray, we'll wait. As the piano plays, are you living out that grace?